Thanks, Faye. And uh, keep Colossians 1 open as we begin this new series together, friends. Uh, there's another significant thing today, which is that today is the final Sunday that Rachel and Kojo Sarkady are going to be with us as a church family. It's one of those bittersweet things, these kinds of farewells. Uh, Rachel and Kojo are heading back to WA, miraculously, across borders, um, to live and to work there. And uh, we farewell them today in the best way we know how, which is by praying for them and saying that we love you, and we're so thankful for you, and we're with you because we're in Christ together, and more of that as we jump into Colossians. Uh, but do make sure you say um, farewell to Rachel and Kojo, and give them your love uh, as we send them out as a church family, and give thanks that they can connect with family back in WA, and uh, pray for them as they seek to connect with a new church family. Let me pray for them and for us, and then we'll jump into Colossians chapter 1. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Rachel and Kojo. Thank you for your work of grace in their lives. And we thank you for bringing them from WA here to Petersham so many years ago. And for all that they mean to us, for the way that they've contributed so richly to our life together, for the things that we've learned from them, for the way that we've been able to share in the joys and the sorrows of life. And we pray that as they go um, back to WA, that you would be with them, help them to know our great love and care for them. More than that, help them to keep remembering your great love and care for them as their Heavenly Father and as Jesus, their Good Shepherd, continues to walk with them. We pray that as they move far away from their family here in Sydney, that you would enable them to keep connecting with and caring for their family from a distance. Uh, we pray too that you might provide opportunities for them to keep uh, ministering the gospel prayerfully uh, to their extended family. Father, please continue, continue to fill them with all joy and peace as they trust in you and may they overflow with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, uh, we're in Colossians 1. It's a new series thinking about what it means to belong to Jesus and to one another. Uh, it's coming as we come out of the uh, last couple of years and what it means to belong has felt a bit disconnected and strange. And so we want to reorient ourselves to that reality. And as we want to do that, we want to do that the way that we do uh, the way that we seek to do everything, by letting God's Word set the agenda. That belonging to our church family is not something that we simply create as we think about what we like and what we prefer uh, and what we want to do together, uh, but it is something that God creates by His Word and Spirit. And we're going to see something of that as we dig into Colossians and let God's Word uh, shape uh, what it means for us to belong to Him and to one another. Uh, on the screen you see uh, a picture of, I think, either my first or second birthday cake uh, that my dad made. I love the details of Humpty Dumpty's suit 
Um, uh, I don't remember the day of my first or second birthday, but I know the story. Now, the story goes that I was so excited that Humpty Dumpty was back on the wall uh, that I joined him there and sat on the cake. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a photo of that. I think this was the photo that my dad took prior to the celebration when the cake was intact. It's one of those stories that uh, has been told over the years that maybe aren't the most significant moments in family life, but a beautiful one that kind of adds another thread to our identity and connectedness and our care for one another as a family. Uh, We also have this classic cassette tape recording of a family meal uh, where my then four-year-old sister gives a blow-by-blow account of one of the Herbie the Love Bug movies. And she has a moment in that story where she says, Dad, you know that bloke from MASH, Frank? He's in it. And to this day, whenever I hear the name Frank... My head goes, the bloke from MASH, right? Our time in the book of Colossians is much more important than those stories. Those stories express something of my family life and our commitment and our connection to one another. But as Colossians begins we see this extraordinary family identity that we're given in the Lord Jesus of belonging to God as his holy people and as brothers and sisters in Christ, that extraordinary family identity that is given shape, that is given expression in our care and commitment for one another, belonging to one another through the biggest story, the story of the gospel of our Lord Jesus and his death and resurrection. And so as we look at these first eight verses together today, we're seeing that new family identity that connects us and the, 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 the great story of the Lord Jesus uh, that builds us up in Him. Have a look with me back at verse 1 of Colossians where we see this new family identity, where we read that this letter is coming from the Apostle Paul the Apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. And what's extraordinary about Paul expressing this great unity with this church in Colossae, this shared family identity, they are his brothers and sisters, they share the same father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is that Paul's never met this church. He's in prison in Rome and he's writing a letter to a church that someone else started and yet because of the new family identity that Jesus brings to people who would trust and follow him, Paul can say of a church that he's never met, you are my brothers and sisters. We share a same family identity with God, our Heavenly Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can cry to and call Father in the most intimate and special relationship that you can have in all the universe. 
It's one of the enormous privileges, isn't it? For then you and me sitting here all these years later in Petersham to be able to express the same reality. That there's probably people in this room that maybe you've never spoken to before. There's definitely people in this church that you've, you've never met before. And yet the extraordinary reality of belonging to Jesus' church is that even people that you've never met before, knowing God's grace at work in their lives and their faith in the Lord Jesus, you can say, you are my brother or sister. We share the same Heavenly Father. That new family identity, which is even deeper than that. Because those brothers and sisters in Christ are God's holy people. That family identity is rich and thick and deep, set apart by the will of God, set apart to be His holy people, belonging to Him, His special possession for His special purposes in the world. God's holy people. I wonder um, if growing up you had, or maybe you still do, have a, a special lounge room in your house, the good room that no one's allowed to go into lest they bring dust or muck or scuff the couch, right? The good room, the special, the holy room that's set apart for some purpose that we're not quite sure (laughs) what it is. In our family, it wasn't um, the the special room, but it was the special crockery, the the cups, the Royal Albert tea set that was locked away in a cabinet, right? But what I loved about our special cabinet with the special cups and teapot and plates is that my mum, while she loved the Royal Albert, that still does, She used it for its purpose. And so it wouldn't remain locked off and pointless behind the glass of the cabinet, but it would be used for the special purpose for which it existed, which is having lovely afternoon tea. And so we'd sit with our Royal Albert around the dining table, right? God sets apart his people who belong to him sealed by his spirit, purchased by the blood of his son, to be his holy people, set apart, not for some pointless, we don't understand why, reason, but in order to be his special possession for his special purpose in the world and for all eternity, to belong to him, to enjoy him, to image forth his glory to the world, to sing his praises, to speak of his greatness, to share in his mission. God's holy, set-apart people who share in this remarkable identity as not only his family, but as his special possession for his special purposes. And the second remarkable thing is that they're not just holy people, the brothers and sisters in Colossae. They're God's holy people who are brothers and sisters in Christ. 
much more important to Paul than the, the geographical location of these Christians in Colossae is their spiritual location in Christ. Joined to Jesus by God's Spirit, by faith in Jesus' death and resurrection. They are in Christ, the greatest identity marker that anyone can ever have. Um, Just about every book I read about Colossians tells the story about finding the catacombs in Rome and the, the nameless headstones that simply say, in Christ. More important than knowing that person's name or the earthly family that they belong to or the things that they've left behind or the achievements of their life is knowing that eternally they are in Christ. This is just for Rachel and Kojo. Uh, Their friend Rory Shiner writes this book, uh, which you can take copies of up on the back table, One Forever, about being united to Christ, what it means to be in Christ. You might have heard this before. And this is for Rachel and Kojo. Imagine you go to the airport about to board a plane. Let's say you're going to Perth. You're at the airport. There's you. There's the plane. It's going to Perth. And the question is, what's your relationship What does your relationship to the plane need to be? Would it help to be under the plane? Would it help to be inspired by the plane? Would it help to be following the plane? Of course, the key relationship you need with the plane is not to be under it, behind it, inspired by it. You need to be in it. Why? Because by being in the plane, what happens to the plane happens to you. The plane goes up, you go up. The plane goes down, you go down. If the plane makes it to Perth, you make it to, be, you make it to Perth. And at its heart, here's the key, the idea of being in Christ is something like that. That through faith in Jesus, you become united to Him. You are in Him so that whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. That remarkable reality, being set apart by God's, for God's special purpose as His special people in Christ, so that's what's true of Jesus, living reigning, returning, is true of you, that you will live with him, that you will reign with him in eternity as God's, God's children, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Paul is, is beginning his letter by establishing this identity and one of the reasons why this is so important as we start to journey through the book of Colossians and think about what it means to belong not just to this church but to Jesus' church in Christ. Paul wants to establish this remarkable identity because he's going to start talking about one of the threats to belonging 
which is people who come into the church and say, well, it's all well and good that you have Jesus, but do you have this? This extra experience. This extra gift or talent. And start adding to or taking away from the gospel of Jesus. And so Paul's wanting to establish their identity to say that if you are in Christ, you have everything. If you're brothers and sisters in Christ as part of God's holy people, there's no closer to God that you can possibly be. There's no greater possession that you could possibly have. And being a Christian isn't about adding more and more and more to that identity, but to be, to be filling it out, to growing deeper. I have everything and I know and experience that more and more rather than tacking extra things on to my Christian life as we go along. And so Paul then wants to celebrate that the Colossian Christians have received this amazing gift being in Christ as God's holy people, brothers and sisters in a global and eternal family. He wants to celebrate that because of how it came about. And that's where he talks about the biggest story, the true story of Jesus that has done this amazing thing. Have a look at verse 3. The Apostle writes, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, <clears throat> and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. The true message of the gospel of Jesus is that story of Jesus and his life and his love of his death and his resurrection, his reign and his return. And it's by faith in Jesus and that true gospel message that means that you are part of God's holy people in Christ forever. It's through the gospel that your identity shift happens. And that extraordinary reality is made your reality. And so when Paul sees that happening, people hearing the true message of Jesus and believing it, putting their confidence in it, saying, I have no other hope in life or death but in this Jesus. Paul says, well, when we see that happening, we have to celebrate and here's the thing about Christian celebration. Christian celebration is not about congratulations. It's about thanksgiving. Because it's not that the Colossians have achieved anything or earned anything. It's not that they've climbed the ladder high enough to be worthy of God. It's that he has done this work of grace in their lives, to bring them to faith in Jesus. And so when we celebrate the gospel, we're not congratulating ourselves, we're giving thanks to God for what he has done. And what does he thank God for? Their faith in Christ Jesus. 
placing their confidence and hope in Him and the love you have for all God's people. Those two things must go together. Because faith in Jesus unites you to Jesus' body, His family, His church. And so love for Jesus must be expressed in love for His people, His body, His church. And love for all of God's people, not just a few, not just the ones who are easy to love, the lovables, but for all of God's people. And no doubt for Paul's first readers in Colossae, and we know this to be definitely true, as they hear about loving all of God's people, they would be thinking what you're thinking. What about the difficult ones? What about the ones that grate on me, the ones that I find it hard to talk to, the ones who keep letting me down, the ones who I find difficult? Your faith in Jesus leads to love for all of God's people and it's not the kind of cushy love, the easy love song kind of love, the warm kind of biochemistry and butterflies kind of love. It's Christian love. It's love to the loveless shown. It's sacrificial and costly love. It's forgiving love. Later, when Paul's going to talk about loving one another, he's going to get to the heart of it. It means forgiveness. That's what love means knowing that you've definitely let each other down, knowing that you've wronged one another, knowing that you have grievances. Christian love is about being so close together and so committed to one another that you have grievances. Being close enough to annoy each other and therefore bear with each other to give visible, to give living, to giving everyday expression to the extraordinary, extraordinary reality that in Christ you've been joined together forever. And that what Jesus has done is so big that you can bear through grievances, that you can forgive as the Lord forgave. In Christian love that overcomes difference, that lives with difference as we celebrate the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the way the gospel unites us to him and to one another forever. That true message of the gospel that unites you to Jesus and each other and the focus point of faith in Jesus and love for one another is like what Kelly's already talked to us about. The hope stored up for you in heaven. 
that you will enjoy Jesus around his throne in the presence of these people and many more forever. In the same way, Paul says in verse 6, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. One of the things that we'll think about in this series as we think about belonging to Jesus and to one another here at All Saints is that there's nothing particularly special about us. Welcome. One of my pet peeves is a statement that says something like, we're not your ordinary church. I want to say as the minister of this church, we are thoroughly ordinary. In an extraordinary way. Because the same gospel message of the same Lord Jesus that's been building churches and gathering God's holy people for thousands of years, it's the same thing that we're on about. Through the same means that God keeps using, the prayerful lives of ordinary people to bring others to Jesus and to build them up in him. One of the great realities is that our church is very similar to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of church all around the world and all throughout the centuries with the same Lord Jesus as our head our saviour, our king, with the same gospel message of God's grace that continues to do its work, setting apart his special people for his special purpose. Faithful brothers and sisters, a united family in Christ who celebrate the gospel of Jesus together and seek to live it out. That's the first thing of belonging to Jesus and to one another. The extraordinary reality of our family identity and the true story of Jesus that unites us to him forever. I'm going to pray that we would know and enjoy and celebrate that reality together. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much that you continue to do this work of bringing people to Jesus, uniting them in him and setting us apart for your special purposes in the world time and time and time again. We thank you for that amazing reality that we get to be part of and pray that as we enjoy this family identity that we too would keep celebrating the gospel of our Lord Jesus and its work amongst us, that we would put our faith in him, that we would love all the saints because of the hope stored up for us in heaven. Keep us in this, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.